Welcome to the Best Ever You Network, celebrating our third year on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Thank you for helping us become a number one rated live show with over one million global listeners. Our team is on a mission to help you discover your authentic best self and bring it to the world. And now, here's our show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here in Maine. And over on the West Coast, we have Dr. Walter Jacobson. How are you today, Dr. Walter? I am doing great, and I am very happy today. <laughs> oh my! Isn't that cool? Yeah, if you're sad, tune in because you know if you got the slightest, you know, winter blues or you know, it's it's easy for me to look outside and almost cry. But you know, because we have like six feet of snow here still, it's like living in in Tahoe only it's a little colder. But um, yeah, but we're not going to get sad about that. We're going to go we're going to go in the happy zone, and and Dr. Amy's going to show us how to do that, I think. But um, I wanted to take a minute before we bring um, Dr. Amy Coget on to talk about our books for a minute because we we um we do that a little we're you know we're here we we dedicate our time to the show and so we're going to dedicate a little time to our books because <laughs> we spent a lot of time writing those things didn't we <laughs> um yeah. you've got this awesome book about forgiveness it's called forgive to win do you want to chat about that a little bit because it's an awesome book if you haven't read this yeah book, oh yeah thanks um yeah you know there's a lot of books on forgiveness and and uh, a lot of people think it's just a spiritual thing, which it is. It's really important to let go of judgments and resentments and to turn the other cheek and forgive people. But, you know, my, my contention is that, you know, we get in our way a lot. We sabotage ourselves. We don't get the, the life that we want. And a lot of that has to do with our hanging on to a lot of uh, guilt and shame and, and self-loathing that's at an unconscious level. And that the way to get rid of all that and really get the life that you want, really be successful and happy, is to... Uh, Learn how to forgive yourself, and the, and the way you forgive yourself is not to sit in your room and go, I forgive myself, I forgive myself. It's got to be forgive others. It's got to be love others. It's got to be, uh, be of service to others. And the kinder you are, the more compassionate and loving and forgiving to others, somehow or other you're actually forgiving yourself, releasing your own like negative self-programs, and you end up then uh, being more successful, letting go of procrastination, uh, having more effective relationships. Everything gets better in your life. So that's basically the idea behind Forgive to Win. Yeah, I had a doozy of a day yesterday in, in people mode. It was just, it was all over the place. It was It was people like new people well, coming into my world and people exiting my world and just a just a really wild swinging day with people and I'm just sitting here going I just finally sat back and I'm like this is just going to be what it's going to be and you know I and you know so one person exited pretty you know not happy and I I remember emailing you going oh my gosh you know and I I pulled out your book for a little bit of forgiveness going on it's like you know I pulled out my book to kind of look in the in the happy zone and kind of get recentered and all this stuff and um you know it's kind of what do you do like when days like that are just like wildly unpredictable you know you set out to do something and it's just by the end of the day it's like it just happened well, you know, it, it, it's people can throw you off. I mean, the universe, the world, uh, you, know, you, you, you know, you have your basic core sense of self, and 
you know, and you and you have your tools and all, and but yeah, you know, then suddenly out of left field, someone uh, will attack you, or you know, or be disruptive, or or toxic, or hostile in some way, and uh, yeah, I mean, it can you know generate some insecurity and some fear and and some mixed feelings, but that's when you're right. That's what you got to do is you know get calm, remind yourself of the truth, you know, and use your tools or go to your books or whatever, and uh, and that's mental health. It's not that you don't get affected by the world or by people, but mental health is you know it you don't go too far up or down and you can get back to your baseline real quick and you know and that's also self-esteem when you've got that then your self-esteem is is maintained even when other people want to tear it down so yeah it was it was a trippy day you know i i really had to remind myself a few times like i am me i am me i am me i'm good (laughs) all those little chants went into into motion i'm like it's okay um, but yeah, there was one point where I'm like duck in water, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh well, you know it, it happens. But you know, and, and then there were amazing things going on too, with such amazing positive energy and meeting new people on Twitter, and it was it was really cool. So I I um, one of the things I did is I just kind of moved myself out of the path of of what was happening and onto something else. Um, and made an interesting shift with the energy um, to change it very positive for me. And so, um, you know, it, it worked for me a little bit. But anyway, um, my book's called Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through. And uh, I'm an author with Hay House, and I love the folks at Hay House. They've been so supportive of bringing me on. I am a, I'm a very new author with Hay House. I'm not on the speaking tours or the radio shows or anything like that. That's, that's code for you're a baby author with Hay House. And so I'm doing my own thing, and um, they're very helpful to me and helpful with uh, promoting the book and social media. And um, there's a nine-point plan that helps people be their best and percolate peace. And um, we were talking on the radio in, in New York City two days ago uh, about how the book has one entire chapter in it of everything, like, misspelled to show <laughs> – yeah, it's awesome. there's one entire chapter, and it was really funny when I was um, when I first gave the manuscript to Hey House, they were like, "What is this chapter?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, go with it. You got it's about making mistakes and how we make them and learn from them, and and life isn't perfect and we're it's messy and all this stuff." And it was so cool. Once the editors got on board with that, they made the chapter even worse. Like they made even more <laughs> like dramatic mistakes and misspellings and stuff like that. So that's one of my favorite chapters. Um, in the book because I I just am such a firm believer in doing and you know sometimes you got to go back and sort of lick wounds or or you know try something else or you've or you've done it and you did great you know it just depends um, with a little forgiveness on the side too sometimes huh well, you, <laughs> or you know you, you've got you, you can't be afraid to make mistakes and because otherwise you'll paralyze yourself and not go forth and and take action and do things so you got to be okay with making mistakes and you can't let mistakes shame you a lot of people are you know afraid to meet new people they're afraid to get uh you know uh get up in front of people and talk out of like social anxiety and fear of looking foolish and making a mistake and that's just you just can't let that happen you got to be okay again with yourself and if you make mistakes you look foolish so what Everybody does it. It happens. It's no big deal. It doesn't define you. And you, so you really can't let shame get in the way. That's a, that's a big thing that really blocks people. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, was, I watch American Idol every once in a while, and I caught it last night before my class. And so, um, J-Lo sits in the middle of Harry Connick Jr., um, you know, and, and um, oh, gosh, oh, I can't remember, Keith Urban. And that somebody said, you know, 
you're perfect, J-Lo, kind of thing. And she's like, I am so not perfect. And it was such a cool thing to say. And she kind of, she would have gone on and on and on about how imperfect she feels at moments or things that she's done or mistakes that she's made. She's made. But, you know, she was talking to the person up on stage about it's okay to take risks and make mistakes and learn and all this stuff. And I'd never, um, I've, I've seen them talk like that before, but it was very candid. And mm-hmm. it was it was um, it was very you know because you can look at somebody like J Lo and think oh you know they've got nothing wrong and they're perfect and you know all that stuff and it can be very easy to c- kind of like compare and despair and lose your gratitude and lose your happiness and live in fear and all those things that we we talk about on the show all the time so I thought that was pretty cool of her to say that because she could have gone you're right I am <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, let's bring on our guest because um, we, we have a really cool guest with us. We have Dr. Amy Coget, and uh, Walter, this is a, a pal of yours, and thank you for connecting us so she could be on the show. She's the president and chief happiness expert, I love that, at Happiness for Humankind, and um, you can visit her website at happinessforhumankind.com. We'll talk a little bit more about her uh, as we go in the hour here, but how are you, Dr. Amy? Oh, I'm here. I did. Uh oh. She's live. Uh oh. I'm on mute. (laughs) No, you're with us. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. She had maybe muted herself. Oh, that's cute. Now we got you. Hi there. We muted you. (laughs) I'm in control of the mute button. Let's turn the radio up now. Yeah. It's awesome. You you have just an incredible background in wellness in the workplace, which is so important. And you've got a step-by-step approach to teaching happiness that has gotten global recognition and media attention. You've been doing this this part since 2007. Um, talk, can you talk a little bit more about what you do? <laughs> yes, this is always the best topic at a dinner conversation, you know, at dinner parties when the cat is out of the bag that there's a happiness doctor in the room. <laughs> and I, it's really impossible to avoid exactly what that means because there are no happiness expert jobs on Monster. <laughs> so, yeah, no. so, so yes I mean just think about a topic expert in all the different areas so I've been studying this believe it or not and teaching it for 20 years now and wow. so it fits in a lot of different boxes um, from leadership training to organizational culture to happy families to happy couples to consulting on the future of happiness in America global happiness I mean it's really outrageous uh, the amount of different um, boxes that happiness can fit in. So if you can just boil it down to this lady knows what she's doing when it comes to this particular word, <laughs> then then we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think the thing about, you know, when we first met, it was like uh, you said to me, are you happy? And I said, well, I don't think so. I mean, I'm content. I'm not unhappy, but uh, and you said, well, you know, you can be happy. You you can have sustainable happiness. You can really learn how to, not to be a victim of unhappiness or a victim of circumstance. You can be happy, and you taught me a lot of, of the steps to do that. Maybe you can kind of share some of the basic steps for sustainable happiness for people. 
100%, Walter. People are going to be able to understand how to turn their frown upside down in a matter of moments. Good. We need to be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, what do they do? What, what, what do they do? What's the magic how do they secret? Do it? Okay, great. Well, let's get right into it. I mean, do you want to even define happiness first so people understand what we're even talking about? Because you if bet. I were to line up 100 people and ask them what is the definition of happiness, they all would say something different. Oh, yeah, I think, I. in fact, when you ask me that, it's almost like, you don't even know what to say. Like you, you know, it's like flowers and puppy dogs, and you know, it's like you know, you, you yeah. come up with things or something. It's really strange. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time I had a new car? When was the last time I had warm apple pie? When was the last time I had comfy slippers on? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I think it's really a good idea to just start with the definition of happiness. And by understanding that word, happiness, we can go a long way. So there are actually three types of happiness. The first one is called hedonic happiness, which is exactly what we were just talking about. So hedonic happiness is 100% of the population's experience. And Unfortunately, this is where a lot of people get caught in happiness. They're unable to transcend into other experiences of happiness like contentment, fulfillment, bliss, and joy. And so what happens is actually there's a term for it. People get stuck on the hedonic treadmill. So this means that you're going to get the next thing that makes you happy every day. Every day, you're, every hour, every five minutes, you're like, hmm, what's going to make me happy here right now? And you're going for it. But the problem with that is that it's actually out of your control, and that's your focus. And so happy people are on to the next thing. If you're unhappy, you're looking for happiness. And so, unfortunately, the pursuit of happiness tells us to get on that hedonic treadmill and go somewhere. But unfortunately, and it's all the people who have already made millions who – hire me because they've realized that, um, you know, the uh, happiness does not come from your bank account, whereas a lot of people think if I achieve my goals, then I will be happy. And that's just actually a mirage. And so what happens is that people are on the sedonic treadmill always getting that next thing, and then, and science just showed this, that even if you do get all those things that you've been working your whole entire life for, you will become unhappy within three to six months and therefore get back on the hedonic treadmill and that's your life. Right. So instead of that, (laughs) were you saying something, Dr. Walter? No, I was going to say, yeah, so then instead of that, you've got the other two types of happiness you were going to say? Yes. So we, I want to encourage the listeners to cut the cord from their hedonic uh, treadmill and realize that you will just have adaptation. And so it's actually a failed strategy. The pursuit of happiness that America says is going to work actually fails. And so instead of attempting to get happiness from the outside world, getting it to conform to you, good luck on that, depending on where you have driven in L.A. traffic, so, <laughs> so yeah. thanks for laughing at my jokes, Dr. Walter. You get bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I want you to encourage you to turn your finger inside toward yourself. Do a boomerang from the finger outside to the finger inside and ask yourself uh, the bigger questions like, who am I? What is my life's purpose? What is my heart telling me right now? You know, who is my best self? You know, what what do I want out of this life? What is the change I want to see in the world? And follow those deeper questions of your heart's truth to the point of contentment and fulfillment in your heart. Otherwise, you're going to feel discontent in your heart, unfulfillment in your heart, emptiness in your heart, and be in your emotional roller coaster up and down on the hedonic treadmill. So I'm just, I'm asking, I'm inviting everyone to empty their cups when it comes to what it truly means to being happy and what is happiness. It's no longer your warm slippers. I mean, that's nice, but in the end, we want to go into the deeper forms of happiness, of contentment and fulfillment and achieve states of bliss and joy. And the second type of happiness is called eudaimonia. E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A. E-U is good. Damon is spirit. I-C is nature of. Nature of a good spirit. Aristotle actually introduced this concept when American psychology caught up in the early 2000s. (laughs) I'd have to stop and laugh at that. So... (laughs) Fortunately, they did. We did start studying eudaimonia, and there are four keys that unlock this eudaimonia. And it is, I use the acronym MAPS, meaning, authenticity, purpose, and strength. And so if you are able to engage with your heart's truth and truly listen into your heart's voice regarding meaning, authenticity, purpose, and strength, you will feel a deep inner contentment, sense of fulfillment in your heart with a sprinkle of effervescent bliss. (laughs) And so I help people develop eudaimonia. And the third type of happiness is called chironic happiness. And this was just introduced into American psychology in 2007 by Dr. Paul Wong. And he talked about the spiritual component of happiness. Perhaps you have gone to some sort of religious institution or a yoga retreat or into nature or something, a place where people feel connected to something larger than themselves and their eyes are rolling back in their head and their arms are going up in the air and they're going, ah! and they're really in a state of bliss and joy. That is chironic happiness. And so that effervescence inside, the effervescence, joy, and bliss is an immaculate state of being that is the higher, more advanced states of happiness. And then there are even multiple types of bliss that I have been able to experience in my lifetime as well. So there you have it. Those are the definitions of happiness. Are we all on the same page? Any surprises? No, sounds uh, sounds good to me. What do you think, Elizabeth? I think it's. Um, I I uh, let's see. What do I think? Um, <laughs> I think that it's it's still a topic of of um, 
that people can't wrap their arms around, I guess is what I think. And it's it's kind of like a more serious topic to me because so many people suffer from sadness. And um, so to me, I think somebody who already feels like they're happy might not be tuning into this show. And I think we might have people tuning into this show who aren't laughing and who are very sad and um, who are seeking your guidance in a very serious way to help turn their life around. Yes. Well, that is so important. And obviously we have to come to what our psychology calls the baseline before we even consider happiness. And I understand um, the breadth and depth and heights of happiness I've been able to develop in my own self and how it may be hard for someone who is really sad to understand someone like me talking to them about happiness but you know I'll be honest and vulnerable for a minute if you can think of all the challenges that you've had in your life I also have had multiple challenges in my life I've been fat ugly poor divorced I've had PTSD five times I have you know definitely had extreme dyslexia and somehow was able to get a PhD so in the end like we all have our struggles you know it's it's important that um, every individual listening today, even though we're talking about happiness and I may feel happier, be happier, talk happy, I have been in the doldrums of crying on the ground for two months straight. You know, I have been on the scene of people who have attempted suicide. And this is a very, very, very serious topic and one that has driven me for 20 years and beyond for the rest of my days because I care that much about stopping suicide. You know, unfortunately, the World Health Organization predicts suicide to be the second leading cause of mortality by 2020. That is in five years, okay? I am on a rampage of happiness to let people know that, hey, you can learn happiness science just like you learn math. You can go into a happiness science class and it actually can be easy and you can understand what you're doing when it comes to happiness because we're able to teach it for the first time ever. This is a huge turnaround in psychology. And so that sadness that people are feeling in your heart, let this this radio show be a spark of hope a spark of hope inside that it actually can change and you actually can feel better and it actually is in your control and you don't have to take medicine and you don't have to see a therapist and you don't have to, you know, turn to God and you don't have to do the 12-step program. You can learn happiness science. <laughs> it's a new opportunity. So this new opportunity on the table is, you know, used to be, the I don't, I'm uncertain if it still is, the most, um, sought after most popular class at Harvard University. They teach it at Harvard, at Stanford, and the uh, University of California, University of Pennsylvania. And unfortunately, if you don't go there, it's really hard to get this information. And so if I were you and I were sad right now, I would get your piece of paper and pencil and write down these five steps because these five steps are going to be um, you know, I don't normally talk religious, but your salvation to your sadness, the answer to, you know, the solution that you maybe have been praying for, asking for, it might just be here right now. And this is recorded so you can listen to it forever. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad you kind of mentioned a little bit of your story because uh, 
about that you've had traumas and trials and tribulations, and you you were, you've been had long episodes of sadness in your life and and difficulties. And uh, that I think it's really important for people to know because, as Elizabeth was saying, you know, people just hearing how just uh, really elevated emotional state you're in you know, of, of, of happiness and joy uh you know it's hard for them to go can i get this too can i can i achieve that uh you know it doesn't seem possible uh, but so hearing you say that it is possible i've been there i've done that it's really important leading into what you're going to talk about now which is the five steps uh and i and i think uh people really should be taking notes and should listen more to this show because this is the key this is the key stuff is how how do you how can you how do you get happy so please kind of Share that with us now. Sure. Well, Elizabeth, did I address your concern? Because it's very important to me that I I am able to touch all of those listeners' hearts because your hearts matter to me, everyone. So please let down your barriers to whatever you may be feeling in your heart to this information so you can just learn something new that could potentially help you. Yeah, and I think before you go into the five steps to sustainable happiness, the other um, thing I, I think we should clarify for listeners, um, so often people with sadness issues reach to medications to control that, you know, like Prozac or, what, you know, whatever. That There's a, a long list of them now other than, you know, Prozac. And um, I'm I'm very curious if, what you're proposing might also help people uh, remove medications from their life because I know Dr. Dr. Walter, um, we've been talking a lot on some past shows here about um, you know things like food over medicine, for example, and you know thing you'd be surprised I think at how even things that you eat change your mood and your happiness level and things like that. Um, so. Do you have expertise in that to to talk about that first before you go into the oh, five steps? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This is definitely an alternative. And just in 2011 and 2012, there has been peer-reviewed journal and research showing that happiness science does, in fact, treat symptoms of depression, of bipolar, of anxiety, of PTSD, of stress. And so there is research to support every single word that comes out of my mouth. Yeah, I'm going to back that up. Uh, I, I share, uh, Amy, I share your position that uh, really even though I, I do prescribe medications, I encourage people not to use them. If they're going to use them, I can help. I know how to how to help them. And some people still are really attached to, to the belief that they need them, but uh, but they don't. And you are right. Uh, it's really about the mind. It's really about the choices we make in our mind uh, to uh, in this uh, to be happy, to not be depressed, to not be anxious. Uh, ultimately, it all comes down to thoughts. You just negative thoughts, and if we learn how to turn them into positive thoughts, our emotions are going to follow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. And their nutrition is a very vital component. Okay. If I show you someone who's been eating raw food for 20 years and someone who's been eating McDonald's for 20 years, they're going to have a different mentality. And so it's, you you know, the truth is, and there's a lot of wisdom in, you know, some simple words like you are what you eat. 
And our brain does require certain minerals and certain vitamins to do what it needs to do to produce proper brain chemistry. And unfortunately, we live in a toxic environment and a lot of our nutrients are diluted in the food. Even if I eat a pure, organic, perfect, vegetarian, everything is amazing, I still will not get all the nutrients that my body needs in order to function optimally. And so I actually supplement, to be honest, and all of the people I work with supplement as well. Yeah, and you are what you, you, are what you eat, you are what you think, and you are what you believe. Can yeah. you are nothing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> So my heart goes out to all of those who have sadness in your heart right now, and I am giving you a total warm mother hug like the mother bear that you never had and letting you know that you can cry on my shoulder and let your boat turn around. And you ultimately can take self-responsibility for your happiness and boomerang that finger back towards your own heart and just learn how to listen to the truth in your heart and follow it and learn happiness science and how you can practice it and there will be a significant change in your life. Trust me. I've seen it for 20 years. (laughs) Wonderful. Do you want to go through those five steps? Because I think that would be really helpful to everybody listening. I am ready. So these five steps, First, I'm just going to tell you the bullet-pointed list, and then I will talk about each one. So the bullet-pointed list is empowerment, positive mood, resiliency, contentment, and flip. What was that last one? I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. I think you're, are you on a cell phone? I think you're kind of fading in and out if you're on a cell phone. I can't tell. Is this better? Yeah, you might want to repeat those five steps again. Yeah, it's a little better. Oh, I will. um, Because I I didn't catch anything past the first one. Okay, great. So the first one is empowerment, and the second one is positive mood, and the third one is resiliency. The fourth one is contentment, and the fifth is bliss. Perfect. Got it. So the fourth one is eudaimonia, and the fifth one is charonic happiness. And so in order to actually get to the advanced state, you first have to become empowered over your own happiness, learn how to develop a positive mood whenever you want, and be resilient over your life challenges before you can even consider eudaimonia. And so today I'm going to walk through the five steps very briefly so you actually get an experience somewhat of the five steps. So you don't necessarily just listen to me talk, but you may actually feel better. And so if you choose to participate in this um, uh, participation of five steps, you might see that sound turn upside down. But you know what? If you're not ready, that's okay, too. And you might want to work on forgiveness or, you know, following the the nine uh, steps that Elizabeth does. And so, you know, you know, this might not be what you care about right now. So I don't want to encourage people who are not ready for happiness to just, you know, go for it because you 
I'm telling you to. I want you to just sit down with your heart and ask if you're ready for this and only come to the table if you're ready. And so, Elizabeth and Dr. Walter, are you ready? Ready. We sure are. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Great information. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, here we go. So it starts with empowerment. And to be honest, you guys, I believe, have already made this happiness decision of choosing to be happy. And so what we're going to do is just formalize it. And so I'd like to encourage you to walk toward a mirror and look at yourself deep in the eye and put your hand on your heart because this formalization of declaring that you are now and forever going to choose happiness, choose personal responsibility for your own happiness is the very first step towards feeling better now. So are you ready? Ready. Yes. Okay, I want to congratulate you because this is the stake that you are going to put in the ground amongst the the challenges of life. And so you are no longer going to be a leaf in the wind. If things are good, you're happy. If things are bad, you're unhappy. Now is the time of change. And so here we go. I'm so excited. Okay, so put in, you know, listeners, if you're ready to make the happiness decision, please do the same. Go to the mirror, look at yourself deep in the eyes, and put your hand on your heart. This is important. This is the most major decision of your life. I'm so happy to share this moment with you. So here we go. Take a deep breath. I, Amy, you say your name. Hi, Walter. I oh, you want to split? Okay. Oh, I, yeah. Walter. I'm sorry, yeah. Okay, let's start from the top. Hi, Amy. Hi, Walter. Hi, Elizabeth. Do solemnly decide. Do solemnly decide. Do solemnly decide. To adopt a happiness decision. To, to adopt a happiness decision, yeah. Adopt a happiness decision. Oh, that's what you do, By Walter. being Fine. happy now. <laughs> By being happy being now. now. Rather than react to my problems. Rather than react to my problem. Rather than react to my problems. I feel like we're I getting married, Dr. Happy Walter. Is to respond to them. <laughs> what? <laughs> like a marriage ceremony. Sorry. I do. I do. Okay, where are we? It's working. Go back. I will use happiness to respond to them. What? Yeah, what did you say? I will use happiness to respond to them. I will use happiness to respond to them. Forsaking all negative thoughts. Forsaking all negative thoughts. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like there's too many people talking at she's, once. She's not quiet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just make it to yourself. What? In all ways, I will. In all ways, I will. Choose happiness. Choose happiness. For the rest of my sweet life. <laughs> For the rest of my sweet life. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm jumping up and down. <laughs> Standing ovation. Did you guys get a happiness boost? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so that feels wonderful to take your happiness into your own hands for the you know the first time in your life potentially. 
And so once you really choose to be happy, and you can get a declaration uh, off our website, happinessforhumankind.com, and actually sign it and put it on your refrigerator, it is so remarkable that you can remind yourself that you're choosing happiness no matter what. You know, there are a couple sink or swim skills in choosing happiness, like responding to situations with happiness. That's a challenge. You have to know how to do that. And then forsaking all negative thoughts, okay, that would be nice, but how do I do that too? And so we actually have to learn those things in the following four steps. And so the second step, now that you're all empowered and you made the happiness decision, we're ready to sustain it because making it and sustaining it are two different things. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so the second type of happy, or sorry, the second step is positive mood. And so this is where happiness science really just is top notch. And we've been able to develop happiness increase techniques where we know that if you actually do certain activities, you will become happier. And that is just amazing. And so over the course of my 20-year experience, I've devised a formula of particular scientifically proven activities that if you actually do these activities that only just take a couple minutes, you will be in a positive mood for four to six hours. And so in the Happiness Makeover Program, which is the mother of the five steps, there is a routine where everyone is doing a morning routine, a daytime routine, and a sleep routine of happiness-boosting techniques. And so this is about creating a happiness practice in your life. Like if you wanted to eat healthier, you would eat healthier. If you wanted to lose weight, you would go to the gym. If you wanted clean hair, you would go in the shower and wash your hair. If you wanted clean dishes, you would wash the dishes. If you want to be happier, adopt a happiness practice full of happiness science uh, increase techniques. And so um, I would like to just quickly go through a couple of the happiness-boosting techniques of the morning routine. And so people, you know, in the morning, it's so important to set the stage properly and, you know, get out of bed on your happy foot instead of on your right foot. (laughs) And so if you're able to understand how to, you know, always give yourself a positive mood in the morning, then that really can change your life. So tell me, in okay, so on the five steps, just so I can keep the listeners on track, um, where are, are we, which one are we on? We're definitely on step two, the positive two, mood. Positive mood, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just so we, because people wrote down those five, so it's real linear and, and that kind of thing. So we're on step two. And I also um, just want to let you know, I on time, we only have 20 minutes. So you might have to go through these a little bit faster. Um, and just a little absolutely. bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. Just so we get through absolutely. the material. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's quickly go through the positive mood morning routine. And here's the time where we can continue to turn those frowns upside down. So imagine there you are in the morning, and the first thing you're going to do is wake up and smile. So put the corners of your uh, mouth towards your cheekbones. And just smile. It actually triggers happy brain chemistry, right, Walter? Absolutely. Endorphins, absolutely. There's studies on that. 
Yeah, you can literally just walk around the block smiling and feel better. And then the second thing you can do is say out loud, today is the happiest day of my life. Go for it, you guys. Today is the happiest day of my life. Today is the happiest day of my life. Did you feel happiness boost after? Uh, you know what? I think you have to. I think I needed more energy. Today is the happiest day of my life. Right? Perfect. More enthusiasm, more energy, a big smile, and you really get that uh, that mood shift, right? Absolutely. The zest, the zest component, the zest part of happiness, whether you want to jump into the zest, resist the zest, zest is a component of happiness, of the physiology of happiness for sure. And the more you can up the ante on your zest, the happier you're going to be for sure. And that's actually a, a scientifically proven character strength of a human being is zest. Okay. I thought it was a soap. You can always but... add a sprinkle of zest on okay. anything. So back to the morning routine. So first, wake up and smile. Second, today is the happiest day of your life. And this is about setting the intention for today to actually be the happiest day of your life. And after that, you go to the bathroom and brush your teeth. And after that, you do five Duchenne smile push-ups. And so we're going to do some smile push-ups together. This is going to be fun. Duchenne is the guy who studied smiles. And what we're going to do is do a smile push-up. So everyone, put your pens down. Close your eyes. Put me on speakerphone if you need to. And you're going to put one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly. Both feet on the ground. This is a moment to go inside. So take another deep breath. If you are driving, I would recommend pulling over if you want to participate. <laughs> so um, if not, it's recording. You can come back to it later. So anyways, eyes are closed, one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and I want you to drop your awareness into your heart center and focus your attention in the area of your heart. Focus on creating an all-loving, all-nurturing, all-accepting, open environment there like you have a child at your chest. And allow your heartbeat to come through your chest to the palm of your hand. And when you can feel your heartbeat, ask to yourself, to your heart, show me the happiest moment of my life and wait for the response. Wait for that memory to surface just for a minute. You're asking and listening. And when that memory comes, keep your eyes closed, keep the posture and bring that happy memory into your body like it's right here and now. Visualize that happy feeling getting warmer and warmer, stronger and stronger, fuzzier and fuzzier. Visualize that feeling going up your neck, into your throat, through your mouth, into your corners of your mouth, and out. <laughs> I got distracted because I got so happy. <laughs> Okay, let's start from the top. Bring that happy memory into your body like it's right here and now. Visualize that happy feeling getting warmer and warmer, fuzzier and fuzzier, stronger and stronger. Visualize that feeling moving up your chest, into your neck, through your throat, into your mouth, out the corners of your lips, into a Duchenne smile. And drop your awareness into your heart center again. Bring that happy memory into your body like it's right here and now. And visualize that happy feeling getting warmer and warmer, stronger and stronger, fuzzier and fuzzier. And visualize it moving up your chest, into your neck, through your throat, into your mouth, out the corners of your lips, into a two-stream smile. (laughs) 
We're going to do it one more time, so make it good. Bring that happy memory into your body like it's right here and now. Visualize it getting stronger, stronger, warmer, warmer, fuzzier, fuzzier. Visualize it moving up your chest, into your neck, through your throat, into your mouth, out the corners of your lips, into it, your same smile. You know, it's really interesting because I'm having the opposite reaction right there. I, I got to tell you, I, I absolutely think that you have such a power of meditation. I just want to bring you back there for a minute because I was so wrapped up in your meditation that that made me peaceful and smiling. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you so much. Yeah, I I can relate to you to learn so much better through you, through the meditation versus the end of that. Like you lost me, right? I'm going to just be honest. You lost me at the very end of that. That's okay. As a you are actually in contentment. That's okay. You actually move, you skipped a couple steps into the contentment, and you were so content in the contentment, you actually didn't want to have the positive mood boost. And so you were actually excited to just stay in that peace because that peace is probably more of what your soul is craving right now than the positive mood, I would bet. Yeah, it's really yeah, interesting. You know, I, yeah, I, I, yeah it, it, oh, go ahead, Liz. Well, no, because I think when she does that, I predict somebody listening, the, uh, you know, if we have – you know, 50,000 people listen to this show and download it. I bet there are 50,000 different responses to that. But I think you really raised a good point because it depends on what, where, what stage you're at in, 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 you know, your ability to, you know, to grab onto a, a, a strong uh, positive memory and then embrace it and take and go inside with it. Because I agree with you. I, I was feeling that level of contentment, too. And uh, because I, I, to some degree, I already know, in a sense, how to bring my mood up to a, to a smile, how to, you know, how to make myself feel good. But that, that connecting with that, that content memory and that joyous memory, that, that was powerful. So I think people, it depends on, on what stage they're at, right, yeah. Amy? Absolutely. Some people cry, honestly. Some people can't do it. Some people don't have a memory. I mean, there's a variety of different um, situations that can occur for an individual in that exercise, for sure. Hmm. Really interesting. That was that was. You want to do it one mm-hmm. more time? Because I I know I interrupted you right there to kind of make that point. Um, do you mm-hmm. want to go through that one more time? Sure, we'll do it one more time so you can give it a shot. Because I know it's a little new and it could be a little shocking and it may be a little uncomfortable and it may be you know just you never do every anything right the first time to be honest. I mean, has anyone tied their shoes right the first time? <laughs> So it's okay to practice, and that's what this is about. It's about practicing. So here we go. I want you to really sit down with your heart, and if you're ready to feel this contentment and this positive mood, this exercise is for you. But if you're having a challenging time, you might want to reach out to me on your own at happinessforhumankind.com and just say, you know, Dr. Amy, I really had a hard time with that, and I'm, you know, open to talking about it. So just so you know that there's an answer and there's somebody here for you and that, you know, you don't have to feel sad. You can end your suffering. So here we go. And if you're ready, you can do it right now. So (laughs) take a deep breath. Eyes are closed. Put one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly and put both feet on your ground. And give yourself permission to go inside and turn off everything except my voice. And take another deep breath. Just taking a deep breath is a big deal for a lot of people. 
another deep breath for good measure. And drop your awareness into your heart center. Focus your attention in the area of your heart. Focus on creating an all-loving, all-nurturing, all-accepting, open environment there like you have a child at your chest. Allow your heartbeat to come through your chest to the palm of your hand. And when you can feel your heartbeat, ask to yourself, to your heart, show me the happiest moment of my life and wait for the response. And be patient. And when that happy memory comes, allow it to come into this present moment now, into your body now, like this moment is the happiest moment. And grow that happiness in your heart stronger and stronger, warmer and warmer, fuzzier and fuzzier. And visualize it moving up your chest, into your neck, through your throat, into your mouth, out the corners of your lips, into a douching smile. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that worked? I feel good. I'm sleeping. <laughs> See, I think everybody. I think that's a neat exercise because I think everybody has such different responses to it. So thank you for doing that again. Um, to I mean, I have a question to ask you. Can you hang on with us just a little bit longer, or Dr. Walter, do you have patience? Uh, or, no, I can hang uh, in. I can hang can in. Can you hang yep. in? Cause I, Amy, can you can yes, you run absolutely. ten minutes over? Because we're not getting yes, through this fast enough, and I want to make sure that we do. Um, because Absolutely, it's sure. very valuable information. Yeah, 10 minutes. I, yeah, cool. Okay, so we're going to go 20 minutes more total. Does that work? Great. Yep. Thank you. Okay, I cool. really appreciate that part of your personality. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> I, I really admire that part of you. I just want to be honest and tell you as your teammate, I love it. So thank you for keeping us on time. So those were just a few activities of the morning routine. And then I'll just quickly tell you what's going on in the daytime routine and the sleep routine, and I'll quickly go into steps three, four, and five. Does that sound good? Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. So the daytime routine, so basically if you do these several activities, including a few that we just experienced for two minutes, it will give you four to six hours of positive mood. And then when it wears off, the daytime routine kicks in. And these are very simple things like five acts of kindness, positive thinking, living in the moment, exercising, utilizing positive language like eliminating the words no, not, don't, can't, should. That alone will help someone frown turn upside down is eliminating those negative words. It's uh, neuro-linguistic programming. It actually changes the wiring of our brain. Would you agree, Dr. Walter? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the other day we were talking on the show, I I mentioned that exercise when you told me to avoid negatives. And uh, it was difficult because uh, we're so uh, used to negativity and these negative do-don't messages, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a great practice in and of itself. So just think about it. These are things that pervade your every moment of life, your thoughts, your actions, your words. 
and your body, your exercise. And so these are just made, built in into the, the day, throughout the day. So it's an immersion experience. And then the sleep routine is recounting your acts of kindness and then asking yourself what are three good things that happened today and how did I contribute to them? And then referencing the positive thoughts that came up throughout the day. And so then you go to sleep and, you know, you have the the happiness routine the next morning. And I actually have a spreadsheet with a tracking sheet of people helping um, them guide them through this particular program we're putting into technology now. So I'm really excited to give access to millions of people to to this uh, particular formula of the daytime routine for step two of positive mood. So you can uh, stay tuned and go to happinessforhumankind.com so you can be involved in knowing when that's available. So step three, let's say you are empowered over your own happiness, you're doing your happiness routine every day, you're feeling great, and then something bad happens. You get a flat tire, you get fired, your wife serves you with divorce paper, who knows it? (laughs) Something, you know, just give it five minutes, something will happen. And so... Instead of being unhappy in those moments, I recommend using things like the acceptance model or forgiveness or um, looking at the silver lining in the situation or utilizing even your happiness shield. And I'll just quickly uh, tell, I'll give everyone on on the call today their happiness shield. So if you want to take a quick note, this would be good. And it's, of course, only five steps. Nothing I teach is more than five steps. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So the five steps for your happiness shield, and this is to protect yourself amongst the unhappiness of life. When something bad happens, you can respond using your happiness shield, and it will work. And so what I mean are these five sentences. And the five sentences are, I admire blank. I accept blank. I'm optimistic, blank. I'm grateful, blank. I'm excited, blank. And so this coordinates with an acronym that is K-L-O-G-Z. So your happiness shield is your clogs. And the clogs are five top strengths from happiness science. They are kindness, love, optimism, gratitude, and zest, like Dr. Walter mentioned earlier. And so if you are able to utilize kindness, love, optimism, gratitude, and zest in responding to your life's challenges with the practical sentences of I admire, I accept, I am optimistic, I'm grateful, I'm excited, it will lead you to a happiness boost. So let's give it a shot. Who would like to go, Elizabeth or Dr. Walter? Any current challenges that you think you can apply the happiness shield that would help? I'm going to let Dr. Walter take that one. Um, okay, <laughs> what am I what am I looking for? What kind of challenge here? A happiness challenge that you are ready to use your happiness shield for. 
in life, a person, place, thing, or circumstance that aims to create unhappiness for you? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, while you're thinking, I'm going to talk for a second. This is a huge point, I think, um, because, you know, we talk a lot about when you're trying to change something. This is part of part of percolate even. Um, people, people are often hell-bent on trying to keep you the same, <laughs> you know. They can be naysayers. They can be poo-pooing you. They can be sabotaging you, you know, all these different things. So I think this is one of the a really huge point right here about who you surround yourself with and who's around you and is it love and compassionate and understanding and helping you be happy or are they like, you can't do that? Are you kidding me? I, I think back to, like, when I took myself, um, got divorced, and moved from Minnesota to California, and um, my whole family, which is there's you know five kids on each side of me, but my brothers and sisters, parents, wow. grandparents, everything, freaked out. They would not allow me to be happy if you know for all the whatever and whatever. I mean, wow. they. I had somebody come to my house in California because we spent a lot of time trying to make them happy. Like, oh, we'll fly mm-hmm. you out here, we'll do this, we'll do that, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one instance where somebody, I had a notebook on the counter, and somebody wrote, I go by the name of, my nickname is Lisa. You know, my family will call me Lisa. And it said, come back home, Lisa, on every single page of the notebook, like one of those cartoons, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you flip through. It, it was mm-hmm. so yeah. loud. So when you were saying that, that's my, that's the I use this often as an illustration to people to to really put people in check with if you've got something in your head that you want to do, let's say I didn't want to live in Minnesota anymore, I wanted to live in California, get remarried, move my kids, you know, all things I had for myself. It's a lesson in learning to not let other people hold you back from your happiness for what your soul needs. 100%. Okay, so all right, so you asked me to pick some something that that makes me unhappy, and then we can is that what you mean? And then we can do the exercise. Yes. Okay, yeah. I, I would say that uh, I work like I'm unhappy because I work really uh, to excess a lot. I work really hard and long hours, and that uh, periodically makes me unhappy. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seems more like it's a lack of balance that makes you unhappy. Is it that you're working too much, or is it the lack of balance? Uh, well, the working too much creates, uh, it makes. I'm working too much not because I I I totally love working. It's because I have mm-hmm. a very high overhead. I have to continue to make money, so I don't have mm-hmm. the luxury of kind of backing off. I'm kind of on mm-hmm. a treadmill, or you know what I mean, on a on that hamster wheel rat race thing. Uh, but. Uh, so there's a, there's a part of my life that part of my life makes me unhappy. Uh, maybe this is a bad example. Maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe no, I, like example. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. I like that example like a lot because I think it's another. I think it's another point of people, place, thing. You know, go through mm-hmm. what makes a person unhappy on any given day, and you know, mm-hmm. it just depends. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, day in and so, day out, yeah. people's jobs are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so should we try this? 
Yeah, yeah. So so your inner uh, monologue, Walter, is basically like, I work too much, I'm in the rat ways, I can't be happy here, I'm overworked, I have too much to do, all of that stuff, right? So it's all inner monologue, really, right? Okay. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay, so I want this uh, five sentences to be your new inner monologue. So okay. In this moment, you're going to use your happiness shield and stick to your happiness shield and let go of the previous experience if you're willing to adopt happiness psychology. Yes. So are you willing to do that? So now I want you to have a new inner monologue with these five sentences. I admire, I accept, I'm optimistic, I'm grateful, I'm excited, and just complete that regarding this particular situation and yourself in it. Okay, so the first one is uh, um, I admire myself and the work that I do and the help that I give to other people. Me too. And so go to the next one. Yeah. Uh, the next one was what? I accept. I accept. Uh, I accept the fact that uh, that I can't always have the things that I want and that sometimes there's going to be struggles and pressures in my life and that's part of life that can be accepted and not uh that resented i'm pretty articulate and the third one is what i'm optimistic i'm optimistic that with the uh ongoing supplemental work that i do uh will uh will will one day lead me to uh be able to create better balance in my life, uh, reduce the, the aspects which uh, bring me down, and, uh, and, and have more expansive activities that bring me joy. I'm grateful. I am grateful that, I'm able, that I have a job that makes a lot of money and that I have a job that helps people and I'm able to uh, have a, a good lifestyle for my family and that I have the potential to expand my horizons and alter my future. And I'm excited. I'm excited because uh, I do love life and I do love challenges and I am incredibly optimistic and positive about, uh, about the future. And so I, I'm excited about the future and that anything is possible and I can change my circumstances. Do you feel happiness boost right now? I do feel better, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do. Yes! <laughs> Love happiness science. Yes! Well, that's good because, yeah, cause that, that's good. Cause I, and I can see why. It's because I totally shifted from a... a started out with a negative perspective and feeling kind of down and overwhelmed by a life circumstance, and I just completely turned it into uh, a, a stepping stone. Uh, you know, rather than an obstacle, I turned it into a stepping stone towards a greater joy and fulfillment, and at the same time recognizing uh, everything I have to be grateful for. So that's pretty cool. Now, how, I've got a question. I think that's very cool. Now, how to teach us how you do that. Like, with go. I don't want to go through that because we don't have time. But just really quickly, if you can, if, uh, by you talking about it, how do you apply that to people? Because I still say you can have people around you that can make you very unhappy. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And happiness science offers no. an answer. Yeah, and happiness science offers an answer. So, let's say, um, was it your uh, brother, or sister, or somebody who said Whatever. who did yeah, the, just, um, yeah. just twenty years the, ago? I so I mean, come I'm, home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's so, just say the, the come home. So let's sign say you were scenario. going to confront them with the happiness shield. Yeah. Okay, so I did well, a long time do you ago, want to but... practice it, or do you want me to give you um, an example? No, I think it would be better if you gave us the example, because I, I, I know okay. what I've done. Okay, so and let's, I, call it brother, ago, or so. let's call it Okay, got it. Let's call her Sister Susie. And so, Sister Susie, yeah. I really admire that you love me so much, and you want me to come home, and I accept that my heart's desire is truly to be in California right now. I'm optimistic that we'll both be really, really rich so we can see each other whenever we want. I'm really grateful that we have this moment in time together right now, and I'm excited to go get a manicure and pedicure with you. Perfect, yeah. So it's language, really, and dealing with people and learning how to deal with people in a in a positive way, but sticking to your boundary that you've put up or exactly. your choice that you've made or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I had to learn that a, a, 20 years ago to deal with this situation. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, there it was it was kind of a nasty situation for a few years after I moved. My, you know, my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters would call and go, my, your mom's crying, you know, for a year now constantly. You know, just the guilt, you know, guilt, talk about guilt when other people put their guilt Mm-hmm. You, you know, they give you the guilt trip, and then you just plunge. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, everything is boils down to step one, is responding to life's challenges with happiness. And so the one thing we can handle is ourselves. And Thank so you. we one thing that we are responsible for is ourselves. And so we can choose how to respond to any given conversation, any given person, any given situation. And when you know that there is tools in your toolbox to diffuse any negativity and turn it into a positive like we just did with Dr. Walter right here, then you're empowered in the situation. So then you become more of the energy, uh, the positive energy vibration instead of the reactive to the other people's negative vibration. Does that make sense? Oh Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking in terms of people who feel that they're victims. And that 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 that's turning it around. It's the victimhood mentality that I'm powerless. Uh, I've been victimized. I'm powerless. Uh, as opposed to no, I'm empowered. I don't have to wear that victimhood model or role anymore. I you know I can take responsibility despite the, what's happened in my past. I can take responsibility, make wiser, more positive, healthier choices, and completely you know change my internal reality and my external reality also. Yeah, I I remember hanging up a sign. In back then, you know, to to really, you know, teach myself how to deal. You know, I just wasn't expecting that. I was expecting everybody to be like so cool. You know, that's me. Right, you're moving, right. and you know, I, I you know, I was like, oh my god, this is like the total opposite reaction I expected everybody was going to have. I thought people were going to be like, awesome, you're moving to California, let me come too, dude. You know, kind of not a, not even. I had to put up a sign. To, that said, you are the CEO of your own life. And then Absolutely. I found myself in a, it was probably part of the start of Best Ever You because I found myself teaching boundaries. I'm like, you, you know, at first, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would send me like into tears. I was pregnant at the time too. 
um, with Cameron. And so, you know, it, it was a mix of like, wah, you know, and I'd be, I'd be tearing because someone would call me and say something nasty, and I'm like, okay, you know, step one, don't pick up the phone, <laughs> you know, step two, you know, all the things <laughs> to kind of insulate and isolate yourself so that you yourself are just okay. And I think so many people, even, you know, those listening to this show think their um, happiness is centered around anything but themselves. Like you're like you're not in the driver's seat of your own happiness. That's pretty much the entire population. I mean, yeah, I would say 99% of the population is in that experience, and that's unfortunate. And that's why I'm in business. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, this gives people another option to you know take that you know leadership of your own happiness and giving someone you know the baton of their own happiness for the first time of your life is. Like, that was a whole game changer for you. Yeah, and that was a long time ago, And I, but I love talking about that, and I love that mm-hmm. you get it and teach it already mm-hmm. and all those things. It was something that really I, I had to self-teach to get through mm-hmm. it, and I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that really makes sense, and that's really kind of how you deal with this. You, you know, you, yeah. you, you really can only deal with, you know, respond. You, you know, you choose how you respond to pretty much everything. And um, the one thing I, I um, wanted to move us into before I, I got to keep, keep an eye on time here again. We're we're kind of going way over, but to to move us into contentment and bliss and mm-hmm. peacefulness and things like that is it a, a spot where you're where you don't even need to like mindfully stop and go. I admire. I you're just kind of doing it already. You become you the embodiment of eudaimonia. So you're, once you are engaged in your heart's maps, you are constantly in that fulfillment, contentment, effervescent joy state. And so Got once it. it is developed and once you are connected into your maps, it always is there unless you decide to disconnect from your heart's maps. Like, for example, if I was like, forget happiness for humankind. I'm going to go and apply for a $40,000 job at Wells Fargo right now being an accountant. And I'm going to go and work 9 to 5 under fluorescent lights. That would be out of alignment with my heart's maps. And so I probably be would be unfulfilled, discontent, stressed out, and depressed. Yeah. I've thought about that over the years with owning Best Ever You. There have been moments where I'm like, okay, you know, time to go get a job or something, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, boy, I can't imagine doing anything other than I do. And I'm sure you must feel the same way, where it makes your Mm -hmm. stomach tie in and not to think about (laughs) the job Mm -hmm. you just described. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. we're going to let you go pretty soon here. And Dr. Walter had to go because he has patience. So. Um, yeah, he right. he didn't want to interrupt our conversation, so he just dropped the line. And so everybody, Dr. Walter says, thank you for listening. Um, we had a discussion uh, maybe last, I don't know, a few days ago. I'm leading, I lead groups through fitness challenges. I, I call them actually healthier you challenges where we help people make little changes to their, you know, health and well-being and diet and exercise and stuff like that to, you know, inch toward better well-being. And, what I find a lot is that a lot of people got to click off the autopilot and like go back. And, I was using this example the other day, and I think it, I think it kind of goes to happiness too. 
you know, how you're just used to eating that or used to not exercising and sitting on the couch or whatever. You're kind of like going through on autopilot and just letting things happen. And so the other day when I said, yeah, click off the autopilot and we're going to drive our own plane here for a while and hopefully forever and ever from this point forward, everybody was like, there we go. Now how do I do that? Yeah, well, how do you get people out of the autopilot? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, yeah, isn't it? Well, I think the first yeah the first stage is to um, show them that the autopilot is not working. And so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you show the results of the autopilot, hey, you know you you know what what I see here is that you actually are thirty pounds overweight. You really haven't smiled in six months and. You know, your your marriage is falling apart. You haven't talked to your kids in a long time. You just lost your job. I mean, when you reflect the state of the autopilot, it's usually um, not as positive as someone would choose to be. And so when you're confronted with the reality of the current moment, that it actually is not that great, and then you say, hey, do you want an option? Would you prefer that it was something else than this? And so if they prefer that there was another option and then that there's actually a bridge or, you know, your nine steps or my five steps or Dr. Walter's Forgive to Win book, there's another alternative that can be better and people have to be ready for it and you have to be ready to change and you have to be ready to work for it. And that readiness is essential. And sometimes maybe three bad things isn't bad enough for people. Maybe it has to be five bad things. Maybe it has to be 12 bad things. Maybe it has to be 100 yeah. bad things that will be ready to come to terms with change. Yeah, that's that's the other interesting point, too, is just like um, you, can't, you can't force the future and you can't force people to change. And um, I get a little bit sad t- sometimes from this part of the job where you can see somebody and their potential, and their this and their that, you know, and other people can see it in you, you know, all the different ways it works with with behavior and people. But, and you think, my goodness gracious, sometimes, what more do you have to lose before you wake up, and change and all that stuff? And that is a that still as a coach and all the things um, that I do is a really hard one for me, and. Um, mm-hmm. It makes that's the part of this that you, you where you hope you reach people and sometimes you just don't, and they mm-hmm. drop out of well, the challenges a, yeah. or they don't make the changes or whatever. And um, what do you say about that when you just? That's the seed of compassion, ultimately. Yeah. So uh, compassion and acceptance, acceptance of you know and you know prayer. You know we're all on God's path in one way, shape, or form, and you know we have faith over fear and ultimately the right thing will happen for the right person at the right time. And if it's not my package or your package or someone else's package, you know, there's so many paths to to happiness when the person is ready to, you know, um, do something else. And so until then I usually just, you know, pray and have compassion and um, that's basically it. Just sit in compassion and acceptance. Yeah, and I like ending on compassion, too, because I think in all the happiness and everything, um, the compassion is the root. You know, um, it, like like when people are trying to, you know, I've got somebody in the challenge who wants to lose 100 pounds, and um, I I say compassion toward yourself. 
all the time. Compassion, yeah. exercise mm-hmm. compassion toward yourself. Go easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up every day in the mirror, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be a perfect ride losing 100 pounds. There's going to be all sorts of ups and downs. And um, right. pretty, yeah, but interesting. And happiness is a lot at the root as well. <laughs> happiness mm-hmm. and compassion. Yeah, I love it. Well, yeah, what, a, what a great chat with you. Yeah, I don't want to keep you anymore. I, I, um, I realize we went way over, but um, I, I think the material was so valuable to people to hear it from you in a way that it's almost um, taught that like people are sitting in a class and could listen to you. Um, I think that'll really resonate with people. I really do. I hope so. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> you know. Thank yeah. you. Not our show, it's another well, one, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And there is a free offer on my website. Um, oh, if you'd wonderful. like to go to com, and we're offering the morning routine so everyone can start on the happy foot. So wonderful. you can start being Thanks. happy right now. All right, awesome. All right, thank you so much for being on the show, Amy, and um, appreciate all your information and your laughter and your smiles and your cheer and your energy and uh, just just everything. It was such great information. Um, I, I really think this will be a very valuable show to change people's lives and help people be their best. So appreciate your time and energy here today. Talk about thank being you so much for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. And... Um, I just want to thank everybody so much for your time and listening, and we hope this helps you. Um, Dr. Amy Coget, she's Dr. Amy, A-Y-M-E-E, on Twitter. You can also find her on Facebook. or I know I've been on her website, um, happinessforhumankind.com, and then you just mentioned another one, right, happiness? Did you say, oh, just stick did with you happiness for humankind. It's pretty simple. And Perfect. if you Google okay. my name, yeah, there's lots of information. Yeah, A Y M E E C O G E T, doctor. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, Dr. Amy, for being with us. And Dr. Walter Jacobson, thank you for your time as well. Take care, everybody. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.